Let's do it. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Chester Lynn, and welcome to Everon, a sequel series to the Ever Pleasant Mr. Bates and a prequel series to our main show, Dark Tides. I'm your host, Chester Lynn. I'm your game master and the storyteller of the evening. Please come sit by my stool and let me pontificate upon you the events of today. Mwah. Around the Mishmovo, who's adding the extra boom boom to my voice. Boom. Number 13. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Number Hello. 14. Wee! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is BJ Ingate. I'm here too. Um, for Unlike for the last couple of episodes, I'm not just the sound engineer. That's huh. right. I'm multitasking today. <gasps> I am both the sound engineer and also the voice of Ebenezer O'Connell. And maybe Hugo? I don't know if he's going to be in this episode. I don't think so. Um, although, I guess I tricked you, because I was multitasking the last two episodes too, but you just didn't know it! You oh boy. fools. You um, filthy, filthy plebs. Yeah, it's oh. me, the fake Irishman. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? That's good. Don't cough over my intro, Meg. It's disrespectful. <laughs> 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 what was that? It's the clearing throat cough. You just released an inner shadow demon, just like... <laughs> Sorry, I've purged it now. <laughs> it's been in there all day, man. Really got to get that out. Just busy purging my demons one calf at a time. Wow, <laughs> my lungs really do be like that. Apparently, anyway, that's <coughs> me moving around. Beautiful. Hey, I'm Kate. I play Hope, the bluntest shooter in the West. I've never intended for her to be so bad at shooting, but even like in our like pilot that we did, I shot awful. All of these has basically been mediocre to awful. So I'm like, that's a character trait now. Not all of my dice being horrible. So I was just waiting for, like, <laughs> the myriad of people that have insulted the party over the last couple of episodes. I was yeah. just waiting for someone to pull out the old, and what do you do if you don't have a gun, Hope? Cry. I was like, ah, oh, somebody <laughs> needs to pull that line out, and it yeah. didn't quite get there. I'm just glad that the, like, dice rolled... Like in so my favor for the heat for the for heat, heat scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like this proves my point perfectly. Yeah, because yeah. I live with, with that. I was like, no, I don't want to just shoot better. I, I'll get better. I promise. See, Kate, what you need to do is what I, I did for my scene, which is just not roll for anything and bluff my way through. See, can exactly. I have my own DM screen and just lie? <laughs> No, no. Get your own Johnny Cash album. Meanwhile, uh, I'm here eyeing his roles, being like, mm. Mm. see, that's why he has a DM screen because of you. Because of anyway. you, he's entirely because of you and your wandering eyes. Well, then why is it on my side of the table? I thought it would stop her by just indicating that I don't want people looking at my stuff, Megan. I'm not looking at your notes. I'm looking at your roles. No, anyway, that's still my stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway. We don't have anything to hide hope. on this podcast. I, I have everything to hide. It's my turn, please. Oh, everyone. So, okay, we'll come Especially back to me. This. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm Kate. I play Hope. She's 
she's fun. She can't shoot, but she's trying. Socially I'm going awkward. with the fact that AK was the sharpshooter mm. and she was learning. That's that's my story. That's that's what I'm going with. But anyway, it is my pleasure to introduce Micah. Hey. 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 It's me, Micah. I'm playing Hickory Cavendish. <laughs> Did you forget <laughs> for a second? Hickory Hickory Sullivan. Sullivan. <laughs> Micah forgot everything during dinner. Uh, Hickory Cavendish, a Australian outback boy from the bush. So he is intentionally Australian. I think. We, I hope I so. Think we, yeah. we do establish yeah. that. Okay, because I, I was just like, is this just Micah not trying? What? <laughs> is this Micah giving up on doing a voice? Just I don't remember himself. if we established it in canon, but I remember no. you telling us. Yeah, like, I don't know. Hey, I was I was thinking about it, and I and I wanted to do the Australian, but then I I was talking to Caleb, and I was like, mm. oh, I could have done. Comrade Hickory Cavendish. <laughs> <laughs> Hickory Cavendish is the least Soviet name that you can yeah. use. Hickory Cavendish. It works when you say in the voice. Hickory Cavendish. It sounds like an alias when you say it in the voice. And like somewhere down the line when you've got to like pretend to be someone else. Yes. Mm. <laughs> just that's 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 <laughs> no, and then it cuts back to like the next day, and we're like, "You didn't change your name? Why did you just do <laughs> a silly voice and use your real name?" But he had a drink that night, so he still he still succeeded the <laughs> Yes, yeah, it didn't it's matter. It's a common name. Yes. Uh, anyway, that's that is that's me. Caleb, can you pull your microphone towards you? Oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> So much of this interaction has just not been recorded. Completely one-sided interaction there. Yeah. I'm less nervous about my mic purely because everyone else's mics have been going. Okay, why is your microphone pointing at your chin? No, it's not. Hers is all right. It's not. It's fine. I followed the rules. I don't know everyone just like... Just their microphone. Please, you sass me so much. Let me be. I wasn't talking into mine. (laughs) Anyway. Have you ever been in a room with, with like people in like... I don't know, like a like a dance class or something, and that's usually where it happens for me. And somebody mentions posture, and then everyone in the room goes like, oh, huh. <laughs> "I'm fine." I, I actually f- fun story. We're jumping to me now, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, by Hickory. By Hickory. No, uh, one of my siblings uh, yeah, loves fine. to slap. Thank you. It's like his natural state of being. So growing up was always oh, check your posture. So naturally, I'm always like sitting up as straight as I possibly can, so I can't ever be called out for it. So I feel like I've always de- a defense mechanism. Yeah, I've That's developed true. you do have impeccable posture. I've developed time. a very nice posture purely because of that. Mm. Because of that that constant like remind because ev- almost every single day it would be a, like check your posture, check your posture, check And it was never directed towards me. Yeah. It was always, but still, I felt it. Because you're I always over there inside. bending the opposite way. Yeah. And there's like, Any, other problems. Yeah, no, actually, <laughs> my back yep. now bends too far the other way. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'm Caleb. Thanks, Caleb. Okay, That's moving on. Story Hello, husband. Me. Meg. Meg. Hi. <laughs> I was you're good there? <laughs> you're good there, pal. I was mid-swallowing. Um, Catch them when they're eating. Problem, it's me. Quite literally, though, I am the problem. Um, All right, hi, I'm Meg. Always the problem, Mm -hmm. (laughs) never the solution. Mm -hmm. I play Olivia Kelly. Um, Yeah, we got new outfits. Olivia doesn't know how to feel about that because she's wow. Is she rocking a look right now? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving all right along. All righty. Well, let's hop into episode six. Click clack. Watch your back. Ooh, I'm going to write that one down. 
The journey out to the job took several hours. A train trip, a bus trip, and then finally a taxi drive that you need to do in two separate groups because of how many of you there are. And this entire time, there was an odd-looking scarecrow hopping along the road behind <laughs> each of these different I can transportations. Walk now. Okay, Strutton. <laughs> <laughs> these different locations. Full bridge arms. Stalin with swag. Dare yeah. I say mincing? Oh. Oh. You left in the morning and it's already mid-afternoon, late afternoon by the time you arrive at your job. Uh, Olivia pays the drivers as they arrive and ferry out her crew uh, and they soon drive, drive away, exhausts kicking out smoke and steam in the chilly afternoon, heading back towards the town proper as afternoon is slowly overcome by evening. I would like you all to one by one succinctly describe your new outfits and what you currently look like. Including masks? Uh, no, not masks yet. Beautiful. I reckon we go in order of when how we got them last episode? Yeah. Sure. I'm in the middle of chewing. Catch them when they're eating. Gosh, Megan, be professional. I can't. <laughs> not being paid enough. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Wow, that is a lot of sugar hitting my brain at once. Okay. Um, Olivia's hunting uniform is a dark blood red coloured silk halter neck tank top, but it's sturdy, like a corset with Kevlar in the lining. She has dark brown combat pants with brown lace up military boots. Her peanut butter blonde hair is held back in two long French braids and she has a deep teal woolen shawl, just in case it gets cold. But it is a giant shawl, goes down to the back of her knees. Mm -hmm. um, she often wears black fingerless compression gloves okay. to help. Cool. And so you have your uh, hunter's blade in a scabbard. Do you have a cutlass? What type of mm -hmm. other? So you have a sword with you? Yes, so she has retained the cutlass from previous, previously having been given by Hugo. Hugo. Um, Hugo. Most of you are carrying your weapons in duffel bags mm -hmm. as to not arouse any type of suspicion or anything because you've been traveling on public. Yeah, Transport she has both under her cloak. Cool. All right. Uh, who's next? It's me, Hope. Um, so she has got, I don't want to say like cargo pants, but they're basically cargo, cargo pants. pants. Um, stopping just like below the knee. Um, she's got a big pocket on the, the uh, right side uh, where she's got like um, she can fit her extra like what are they cylinders not cylinders yeah ammo barrel theme of things I'm, I'm the gun person I know what's happening bullets Bull no, yeah but like the cylinder that's already packed bullet holder bullets <laughs> yeah um, so she's got like a big pocket it's got like a nice mesh side so it's like nice and breathable um, with like some slight like vine details like stitched it like embroidered embroidered i know things embroidered in for a little bit of flair um she's got a blank a black tank top with a black button up oh god seizures <laughs> the lights <laughs> change color ah for uh, all for our listeners, listeners at home. <laughs> um there was no it warning went on that from like orange to blue to cyan to blue anyway She's got a black tank top on and then uh, another black button-up shirt um, on top, what she's like rolled up the sleeves. And then to complete the outfit, she's got an over-shoulder gun holster, mm -hmm. currently with no guns in it, but she's got that um, on her. Very good. All Very right. simple. Classic. Who's next? 
I think it was me? Yes. yes. So, uh, Ebenezer, well known for his very out of date yet very classy fashion. Um, similar kind of thing, still wearing a suit, um, but this time it's sort of a light wool, like a light um, weave wool suit. Uh, kind of a dark grey paisley, um, not paisley, um, what do we say? Tweed pattern mm-hmm. um, with suit jacket and vest and pants that all match together with a sort of dark creamy coffee type color shirt underneath um, and a tie that's also black now and he has nice high quality leather um, dress boots that are much more suited to the outdoors Mm. than his fancy dress boots that he was wearing previously and he has his big wooden antique backpack with its brand new leather straps and like a waterproof yeah. cover at the top. Brand new leather straps, new cover. It's been sanded and re-sealed. Um, uh, new, new pockets, things new like pockets, that. New pockets, um, new like handles installed to it, a few extra locks as well. And of course, his signature perfectly round wireframe glasses. Mm-hmm. Cavendish. Cavendish is wearing a sort of I guess you could say, sort of like in the Lord of the Rings, the cape and stuff that they were given by the elves. Yep. Uh, but sort of a, a dark cape um, with a hood. Um, the outside's dark and on the inside it's a sort of diamond-shaped checkers uh, in your traditional court jester fashion that they would have on their clothes in the colours of uh, purple, green and yellow. Mm. Um that sort of over the top of his his um his I guess normal attire um for now um with uh if you look closely there's chains that just crisscross around mm. his chest where he is hiding his weapon at the moment. Ward. <clears throat> uh the ward is now just the most impeccably dressed from zero to hero. Uh, he is in a three-piece. Yeah, like, no longer is the best dressed person yeah. in the party mm. now. Mm. The epitome of high fashion. Uh, he is uh, Victorian in style. He's in a three-piece suit. Uh, now with added new appendages and limbs, he can actually fill out clothes properly. Mm. Um, uh, I reckon we're talking, we've got you know nice button-down t-shirt with vest over the top. Uh... And the, I guess it's more of a jacket than a blazer, mm-hmm. uh, with the red, vel like red, um, kind of, uh, I guess satin, whatever color. Well, it was Kevlar actually, that the suit. Well, there's made a Kevlar from. lining in between the two fabrics, yeah. so you don't see any of the Kevlar. Yeah. There'd be the the main material outside Kevlar through it, and then there would be a velvet, uh, red lining. Yeah. So, yeah, this velvet red lining on the inside. Uh, pitch black on the outside, I reckon. Just this clean black suit mm-hmm. uh, from head to toe. Uh, haven't worked out if he has feet. So he has some arrangement with, with some nice shoes, but they look a bit weird, I guess. They're, they're shaped more for surface area. So they're wider than you'd expect a shoe would be uh, mm-hmm. naturally be. Um, I was imagining ballerina <clears throat> point shoes. <laughs> and then, um, oh, sorry, one second. One second. Yep. Uh, and then on that over the top, as kind of like an evening gown, he's got a big, uh, probably similar to Micah's cape, 
mm-hmm. flowing down from him, kind of covering everything up uh, in this flowing, glorious, uh, just just piece to complete it all. Top hat on head and a new cane that is almost as tall as he is. All right. Cool. I, I just forgot to mention, uh, so we're not have, we don't have masks, but he's, just for the sake of it, done his face up in full clown makeup. Ooh. So okay. he's got, he's got yes. a painted-on smile and the eyebrows are sort of in the downward angry position, mm-hmm. so it sort of looks like a... He had to glue his eyebrows down. And, uh, angry clown. Yes. The, the, final, the final piece for, for Ward as well is now he has like a fully formed like body structure. So including a head, and on it, he now has uh, kind of a spot to clip masks onto his face. Very good. So at the moment, he's just got a plain white mask, I reckon, with the same velvet color highlights in a kind of a kabuki style. Um, you know what I'm imagining? Have you seen Gravity Falls? Yes. The Candyman from that. Candyman. That kind of posture with the tiny little Let mask, me- the big hat. He's got the candy man or something. It's a Halloween episode. Yeah, the, I can't picture what he looks like. Yeah, candy man. The candy man. Candy. Gravity falls. Um, this light is making me fall asleep. Yeah, similar to the candy man from Gravity Falls. Yeah. Um, but this more is a form-fitting mask with more human proportions. Mm. Indents to form like where the eyes would be and actually cut out that where the eyes would be to reveal the the black underneath yeah. that's forming the fabric of his uh, his body. Good. It's reality. Right. The houses here are few and far between. You find yourselves on the side of the road. But you stand before a rather lavish house. It could very well be described as a manor house. You stand at the front of two tall gothic iron fences stone golems staring down at you from the two pillars the fence is connected to through the fence you can see a gloomy dark garden this is beginning to look rather unkempt like someone hasn't been living here for a few weeks if not months weeds are plenty large trees bushes that should be cut to perfect squares are now bushy and consuming other things near them and through it all you see the house three stories minimum Regal, clearly rather old, but kept in line, uh, kept in fine nick until now. Uh, Leaves sit thickly in the gutters and on the entrance steps. Autumn has hit this place hard, and no one is looking after it. But as you think this, a light begins trundling up the path towards you, an electric lantern in hand. A small, stooped old woman approaches the fence. She peers at you all. She is wearing a bright pink windbreaker and pink gumboots. So you've come at last. She inspects you all one by one. Odd bunch, but I suppose it's odd work. She unlocks the gate and pulls it only just slightly ajar enough for you guys to squeeze through. I'll give you the same information I gave the man on the phone then. I'm trying to get the place ready to sell. It's my family's historic home. Well, my husband's home, but uh, if you want to retire before you're 70, then it has to go. Problem is, I can't get any of the finishing touches done. 
all the contractors around these parts won't go near the place after a few shifts. This where the place is haunted. Cans of paint knocked over, ladders knocked out from under them, all sorts of things. I don't pay much mind to it all, but they do. And if I want it finished, then I need something to tell them. So I suppose go in there, wave your sticks of lavender around, and uh, things I can get on with the work. Uh, I have taken an inventory of everything in the house, so if anything goes amiss, I will know who has taken it. And she is going through a keychain and takes a key off and hands it to you. I'll expect that back when the job is done. Very good. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, All I will right. see you yeah. in the morning. Thank Bye. you. She makes her way through the small gap in the fence, closes it, and locks it behind you. And she starts to trundle down. You see a small lime green uh, Suzuki parked. She heads towards and hops into and slowly trundles back towards the main town. Mm. Bit concerned that we're doing this at night. Well, really I suppose that's the, the point, though, right? Well, the contractors are here during the day, and they said that it was haunted during the day. Mm. That's true. What do you got for ghosts, Ebenezer? <clears throat> I assume they're well, invisible or something. I suppose so. I haven't really... I mean, I don't I don't know much about ghosts, but um, <coughs> there, there are a few Yo. stories. <laughs> Vespa steps out from behind Olivia. There are a few stories. A um, couple of things. Uh, I guess the old lady's on the right track. Lavender is always a good start. So we can start by waving that around. Um, generally, lots of things that are supernatural don't like lavender. So we can give that a try. Might root some things out. The other thing I have is just some fresh ginger. Mm. Um, that's not going to do anything for the spooks. But for us, a lot of the time... Um, well, so I've been told. I don't have any experience myself, but a lot of the time, um, these kind of uh, creatures who prey on the fear centers of the brain or the, the some kind of um, illusionary uh, powers or whatever, um, if you stimulate your own senses with something like ginger, um, some, anything strong, but particularly ginger, it helps you to stay focused. Uh, Vespa nods a few times. He's on the right track main thing is we need to identify what it is. That's the hard part, yeah. So, from the sound of things, it's knocking over physical objects, which, which means it could either be a poltergeist or a wraith. Those are two very mm. different types of creatures and require very different approaches. And the fact of the matter is we need to deal with it conclusively, which is very difficult to do with ghosts. We need to find whatever source, whatever thing is keeping it here. But the main thing and as Ebenezer said, the main thing we're going to have to contest with, if it's a poltergeist, it is very dangerous to us. If it's a wraith, it is also dangerous, but not as much. But the main thing we'll have to deal with is our own minds. That is the biggest threat that it poses, is fear. Ebenezer is um, slicing a piece of root ginger um, with his pocket knife and handing pieces out to you all. And he says... Have a little sniff of that every now and then, but if if something goes down, crush it in your fingers and put it in your mouth. It won't be pleasant, but it'll keep you present. Um, and can I also just roll just my arcana mm -hmm. just to, to see if I can... Pick anything up. else that I know about both poltergeist and race. Can I also roll arcana for that? Sure. 
There's a nat one plus four. So five. We gotta re-roll that. It went under the table. Touched my foot. Can I just say my dice is so pretty right now. So pretty. I know. That's so pretty. Ten. Ten? Okay. Uh, Ebenezer, you're thinking and you're like, yeah, we've basically covered everything I know. My study is physical matter, not spirit stuff. Um, Ward, you were thinking through uh, your experiences, uh, through venturing through the countryside, the tales that you've heard. You think you have, at one stage in your life, maybe encountered a wraith. They are creatures that stalk fields. They are gruesome creatures. They do not have as much of a physical presence, but they corrupt the mind. They ensnare the senses. They are terrible creatures indeed. Poltergeists, they, they hold on to a little bit more of themselves, but they are, they are physically dangerous, uh, mm. whereas wraiths are dangerous to the soul in some ways. Do I know if wraiths can also do, like minor things like knocking over minor ladders. minor things cool. minor things they can knock over things they can throw cups across door like rooms type of stuff poltergeists poltergeists can like uproot floors can tear out rooms type of thing uh, well uh ward just goes well as the only one here who is physically incapable of feeling fear and much to my role in this group, uh, I reckon I shall scout out first, get a lay of the house, and I can report back and we can go from there. That is one thing, though. You're a homunculus. You don't have a soul. You can't see this thing. Uh, Pray tell, uh... They are creatures of soul only. They are tied to this realm on an entirely spiritual level. You exist on this realm in not a spiritual level. You exist in this realm in a physical manner alone. You can sense its damage. The uh, the the if it's a poltergeist, the the damage it can do, you can sense it before it even happens for a few moments. Yeah. But you cannot sense the creature. Itself, you say yourself, you are a tethered thing. You feel the tethers. This thing has no tether outside of soul. Well, that would uh, change things quite dramatically. But you do make a good point of the fact that you can't feel pain or its influences, but that doesn't stop the effect on us. Yes. And I'm in a similar boat to you. I am a souled thing only, so uh, I don't know what way I'm going to perceive this creature something else I just thought of um, generally these types of creatures prey on your fears right mm-hmm. so have a think before we go in there what are the things that you're most scared of because if, you, if you're aware of that then you'll be aware when it's trying to manipulate that you know for example if you're scared of I don't know trees for example and you start seeing things about trees, you'll know that it's affecting you. That purely depends on if it is a wraith or a poltergeist. Well, that might be one way we can find out. Here's my suggestion, and take it or leave it. It uh, comes down to Olivia's judgment. We go in, we go in fast, we find a room, maybe the kitchen, something that has a little bit more structure, is harder for it to, to damage. And we make camp, we make a fire, we make a light. That is going to be its key thing. 
It's darkness. I think it should be a room with a with a door in it. So we There'll like so yeah. so we can get out of the house. I mean, like an exterior door. Well, considering it's an or old manor house, the kitchen would be a servant area. So there would be multiple doors, doors in, doors out. And it would have a fireplace. A fireplace. We need light. We camp there and we wait until it starts to hunt. Until it starts to move, until it becomes mobile, until it becomes physical. Then we can start to make progress and work out what it is. Well, we'll need some firewood then. Yes. Who here knows how to make a fire? I I figured that out the other day. Wonderful. I can make a fire out of two sticks. Very Ooh. good. That is impressive. That is impressive. I also the have a box of matches, again. so we oh. hopefully won't need that. Well, yep, that'll work too. Also, Hickory pulls up his pants and pulls a flint and steel out of his sock. <laughs> <laughs> I can start a bushfire wherever I want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. A true Australian. <laughs> Real quick, like, do any of our weapons work? Like, I've got this cool side thing Yeah, that's now. what I was literally going to okay, ask cool. there you go. soon in character. Who, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's... Difficult. The, the the battle here will be finding the source of whatever this thing is, finding the reason for it to be hunting. What we will be able to rely on is the dipping of our tools in lavender oil and those types of things. What we will rely on is silver and salt. Those are our two biggest allies here. Mm-hmm. It cannot pass through salt, a layer of salt. And silver is the only thing that will cause it pain and push it back. Lavender, all that type of stuff, that will discomfort it. That will be the equivalent of hitting it with a stick. It might dissuade it enough, but silver will push it back. Salt, it cannot pass. All right, so create a perimeter with the salt in the kitchen. Make fire. And hope for the best. Uh, If you could hand me some uh, salt, I can store some in my body. And I can start uh, distributing I've it. Here. I've got some in my house. Roll for how much you have. Roll D4. Sure. My roll? No, he's rolling roll. a D4, yeah. Four. Okay, you have... What's what's fair? Uh, for Four tablespoons? Four tablespoons, sure. Is that enough? Or that, that, that's not going to be enough, but that is enough to start. Yeah. And Vesper's like, okay. well, that gives us another reason to go to the kitchen. Yes. Mm. Right. Well, let's uh, let's get started, shall we? Okay. And uh, just quickly, Ward takes off the mask he's currently wearing, opens up the coat, hooks it on, pulls out another one that's like a Greek theatre mask of like the mocking face with two horns coming out where like the ears would be and clips that on and like tie it like ties onto the back. It clips in. Let's take this sucker down. Very good. All right. You guys march up to the house. The trees creak and churn around you as night fully takes hold. Uh, Olivia, you go up to the front door and you unlock it and you throw open the door and there is only darkness within. Are you going to take that first step in? Give me some salt. Ah, here you go. Thank you. Also, can I have some... La- Sorry. Not yeah. sure what no. I was doing. Can I no, what were you going to say? Lavender or something? She's going to oh, right. take uh, a pinch or two of the salt and just throw it into the darkness. It disappears into the darkness. Vesper. You emit light. I don't like how little I can see. This is the game. If it needs uh, a switches on a torch behind you. Olivia <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> takes the, the torch hospital. from you. Over her shoulder. 
shines it into the darkness. You see a grand entrance hall and a large staircase ascending to the second story. Paintings on all the walls, great pillars. All right, uh, servants' quarters. Downstairs, probably an entrance behind the stairs? Vesper directs your, your focus. There are two doors on either side of the staircase. One to the right, one to the left. Right side was normally, according to my memory, living room areas. The flow of the housework. Left side, I think, would be kitchen. All right. You going to take that first step in? Yes. All right, you cross the threshold, and there is a feeling that goes up your back. And it's not like there's a like anything about to happen, but it is a step of moving away from the outside world into a den. There is a pressure, there is almost a hum in the air of the hunt. And you step in and you are you know in this moment it's like when you go out into dark water. You know that you are in the shark's domain. You've left the threshold of the real world. One by one you all file into the house. And darkness takes it fully. Okay. Jason is at home. Chester, just turn the lights out in the room. My dice glow in the dark. I can't see my dice. <laughs> All right. My glows, mine are glowing in the dark too. Yes. Okay. I know exactly what I'm rolling. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, what are you going to do to guide your team? Um. All right, team. Uh, elephant moves. Put one hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you. That's for you. Thank you. Alright. Everyone connected? Uh, yes. Yep. Leading up the rear. Hickory, where are you? Yeah, I'm here too, sir. Right behind me. Alright. Vesper, you're here? I'm here. Okay. Alright, and she's going to walk towards what they think is the kitchen door, okay. taking the lead with the little elephant yes. line. Your new boots squeak and echo through this large entrance hall. Slowly, you make your way to this large door. It's hardwood. You turn the key and there's a doom sound that echoes through the house. It does not open. You fetch the key from before and you unlock it. You throw open the door and it squeals as it swings open. You see another dark corridor for you. No light touches this place. You see there are two doors on the left-hand side, one door on the right. The door on the right is far towards the end. She's going to try the door that's closest. Close this one. Okay, so you you guys close the door behind you and continue down this corridor. It is hardwood here, it's not the marble. It squeaks and creaks and groans beneath you. And you come to the first door. Olivia, you try it, and this time it is unlocked. And you throw it open, and you zoom your light through it, and it reflects off chrome surfaces as you have reached the kitchen. You chose right. Oh, thank the Lord. All right. Uh, Brilliant. All right, and they file in, and as they go through the door, Olivia's going to use the salt that's in her hand and just scatter it 
like yeah. at the entrance way. Yep, you thinly sprinkle it across and there's just enough. It is not a thick line. It is literally mm. a sprinkle and you're not sure if that's going to do the job. But it is what you can do for now. All right, mm. you are in the kitchen. There is only the one light that is glowing from one side to the other that Olivia is holding. Mm. What are you going to do? Uh, immediately, uh, I'd like to check all the cabinets for salt lavender or any of the other stuff mentioned before that's good against poltergeist roll for me yeah eight eight you find uh a a salt cracker uh over the the main fire uh which you assume was be used for bubbling pots and Mm. and all that type of stuff you take that and you open up and it's full of rock salt pour it out into your hand and there's about a handful's worth about let's say five tablespoons worth it's a wooden uh little cracker brilliant right you think you could probably make this go further if you found a mortar and pestle or something like that but i I imagine i could just keep it in the grinder you could be once again it is a very thin line with that it's a lot of noise um so it's up to you whether you want to go with that all right then i'll He's not the the smartest. Ebenezer thing. probably has his in a glass jar, so you could probably just add yours into What's the, more since the supply it's, uh, you already have. In thick chunks, it's not going to spread yeah. nicely. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah it so, needs to um, be grind down into yeah. a powder. Uh, I guess. Well, you just, could grind it in. It's just grind uh, it in, and all the salt we have is in powder form, and we can use it however we need. All right, I can start doing that. All right, there you go. All right, so yeah, then he's going to take the the salt grinder and just start slowly grinding it into the jar cool. of salt. All right, you're going to start that. It's going to take some time, so we'll go to everyone else. Hope, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think Hope is scoping out the kitchen, looking um, to see if there is the fireplace. Yep, there to- is a fireplace. Cool. And she's checking, like, is there already wood in there? Like, what does she need to do? There's to- not wood near it, but there is a locked box next to it, which you assume is the, uh, like... Wood box uh, is not locked at the moment, but there's still a lock on it. So you flip it open, and there are large logs in there. Good. All right. Fire. You assume there would have to be some type of tinder box to go with it. Mm. But it's not in this room. To give you an idea, the kitchen is quite large. This is a servant's area for preparing yeah. quite large meals. There are three core benches. They're in the middle of the room for different preparations. They are chrome top. This is a more modern addition. Then there's the old-fashioned fireplace that doesn't get used very much. There are then the around the room, there are uh, cabinets and stuff, and there is uh, large cookers along there that would be used for modern production. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Olivia, can I have a little bit of light over here? Absolutely. I'd- here you go. Thanks. Um can I roll to see you to find? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a six. For finding the tinderbox? Yeah. You know it is not in this room. You've searched everywhere. You think, okay, it's not here. All right. We've got logs, but no tinder. Ebenezer, do you have anything? I've got some matches and a little bit of cotton wool, so that'll get a small fire started if we're lucky. We've got wood ready. Don't No, we're not burning him. That, my <laughs> friend, is magic wood. Oh. Thank you very much. And it's um, also very dressed nicely, so just... It is dressed very nicely. Yeah. I yeah. would take a lot is to there... take off all of this stuff I've put on to get to the wood. Yes, Hope? Is there um, bark on the logs? There is a little bit of bark. Vesper draws your attention, Olivia, uh, to as he materialises and he picks up a wooden mallet. And he kind of hefts in his hand and he looks to 
uh, hickory. And he says, with this and your blade, we could probably split those logs into smaller pieces, chunks big enough to burn. Yeah, right. Not a bad right. idea. It should <laughs> fill in the, the medium way. And in that moment, your light goes out. Right. Uh, Olivia, I think I had this in my hand anyway. Olivia, this, I'm, I'm, I'm passing you a bottle of lavender oil mm-hmm. for you to coat your blade with. Okay. And then when you've done that, roll for this. I can't. Uh, see I, I can't. <laughs> Wait, who's That's rolling right. me? Or what is from this on, point? I'll use my phone. Hang on, hear me out. From this point, Chester, you've got glow-in-the-dark dice. So I do. do. I have glow in the dark. Why don't you just roll for us, since, and then we just won't know what we got. Oh, no. I don't like leaving that <laughs> all uh, are there any? Are there any pluses or minuses? This That's is just a dra- like direct handoff thing. Uh, Olivia, you're going to roll as well. Mm-hmm. It's a five. A five. BJ, what did you get? Three. Okay. You fumble it. All right. And it falls to the ground, and I'm going to roll to see if it smashes. There's going to be lavender oil everywhere. catch it. (laughs) I do have dried lavender as well, but it's up to you if this is the only bottle of um, oil. Oil. Uh, It falls, and it cracks. But it does not break. It starts to leak out onto the floor. Olivia immediately goes to the floor, takes her blade, and starts pouring it over her blades. Okay, you, you pat your hands around, and you find it. Uh, and you scratch a bit of uh, your finger on the side of it and you uh, unstop the lid of it and pour it onto the knife and you slosh the majority out of it. In fact, you cannot see at the moment. Uh, Hickory, are you getting uh, started on that fire? Uh, Yes. I pull out a match and and light it up and then you see that there he puts it up to his mouth where there's a cigarette and he lights that (laughs) first, takes a puff of that. And I'll just say that's what that orange light is there. <laughs> that's, Love it. Be sure. Okay. Um, and uh, he, uh, I should have we split the logs? No, not yet. No. You have not nope. started doing it. Okay, <laughs> we so you start. To do that and yeah, then, you yeah, start grabbing a few of the logs and placing them, and you pick yeah. up the the wooden mallet, and you're about to start this uh, war. You are still grinding the salt when all of you, kind of just instinctually, go silent, and you hear. The rasping, gruesome, dragging sound of chains echoing through the house, being dragged heavy, big chains through the halls, echoing, echoing, dragged ching, dragged ching, as the person takes a second to rest and then dragged ching dragged ching and it slowly dissipates I hear this I would like to put the salt shaker down because I imagine I've ground at least a about half of it yeah and take it and then go back to is there only one door in this kitchen there are three there are three mm-hmm. uh, then I'd like to go to the other two doors and start to try and lay down a line of like sprinkle a line of salt yeah, I will say you have enough salt to lightly sprinkle the other two or you can choose to hard line the first one and the second one alright um, this I'm about halfway through the salt shaker I can still see the room decently well 
based off of where all of you are currently standing. So I have enough salt here, I reckon, to either strongly line one door of the three, or lightly line the other two that haven't been lined yet. Line the doors. I think lightly line all. Uh, if you've only got half, you can do more. You can ground more. You can light, lightly d- do something, please. All right. I'll go lightly line the doors, and then I can grind some more salt and thicken it up later. Good. Yeah. So that's what he's going to go and do. Olivia's now. moving mm. towards where Hope's yep. voice is, and she's just going to put yeah. a hand around hers. Then all of you here. As Cavendish is hammering through <laughs> wood. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I love being a homunculus who cannot feel fear. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, okay, uh, Cavendish, you have broken off enough pieces. You squat down in the kind of main area and you start piling these up into a kind of a teepee shape. Olivia, what are you doing with Hope? Um, Olivia has gone to hold hope because she can feel that hope's like her entire way of speaking is quivering and she can tell that fear is probably going to be more of a challenge for hope than anyone else here one second nice. what are you doing very good yep no keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> good 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 hope yeah breathe with me yeah. Oh my god, hey, hurry. Hey, we've got enough wood. Hey, Kari? Hey, Kari? Yep. yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kari! I think we've got enough for now. Let's light the fire and Are then you can cut some more, right? trying to kill me. Sure. Uh, okay. Ward, just while he's sprinkling stuff, just... A quick reminder to all you you people there. Uh, mm-hmm. Think happy thoughts. The the vibes in this room are very very sour right now, and uh, I reckon uh, sing a song. Ward, remember tell us a, a joke. Tell us a joke. Oh, um, well, did you hear about uh, the scarecrow that uh, was very very smart and academic? Is this just going to be a story about you? No, this is a joke. Okay. He's outstanding Olivia's in his going field. going to whisper, Vesper, uh, right. where are you? I'm close. Uh, all right, so, Cavendish, you are able to, you snap, snap, snap this light, mm. and you hold it down towards some shards of wood and a few other things that you've now got together, and finally... Oh. Light takes hold in the room and slowly begins to glow out into the room. That's Olivia's fair. eyes are like going in and out because she's not used to light at this point. There... Good job, Hickory. Well done. No worries, mate. Thank oh, you, Hickory. That's mine. That's you are mine. Man among men. Here's some dried lavender. Can you gently just scatter some of that so that it smokes over the fire? But we don't want to use it all. How much of the oil is still left? Um, It's slowly trickling out, but Olivia moved the lid to be underneath where the crack is. So she's trying to catch it. Another empty bottle. He's like, here you go, put the rest in there. There's about an eighth of a jar. There's about a tablespoon left. (sighs) All right, uh, Hickory, let's coat your blade now. Yeah. Here you go. 
Uh, uh, hopefully just it's out enough. of curiosity, can the Ravens see the poltergeist slash wraith? The Ravens might be able to. All right. Cool. Just thought I'd, I'd cool. check that as um, a thought. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's the most intelligent here? <laughs> I have a plus one. It's, I believe it's, it's Ebenezer. Me. Ebenezer. Ebenezer, roll for me. Of course. You got Ebenezer plus man. four. Under intellect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's only a four, but plus four, so that's an eight. Eight. Okay. You're thinking through and you're thinking quite a lavish house, lifestyle, and all that. There is probably some level of silverware here. Right. Okay. Um, and also, I was going to do this before, but I didn't want to interrupt. Can I also roll under Arcana? We heard chains, mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe that was just an illusion, or maybe that's the thing we're here to hunt. Can I roll to see if I know whether that's going to be more associated with a poltergeist or a wraith? Because I know that that's the big question for Roll for me. Please be good. Seven plus four. So, Seven plus four. Okay. You think... That tends towards a level of physicality. Yeah. So quite possibly a poltergeist. But what's more concerning is it's a deviation away from just a normal human spirit presence, which means this is a deeply disturbed creature. If it's brought a level something else in here with it, it means there's a level of psyche damage. Not to mention thing. the fact that dragging of chains is a very, very clear... Um, which means whatever this is this is a like disturbed creature Mm. all right i'm gonna choose to just share that with yeah you're gonna uh, yeah so who are you gonna share that information with (laughs) olivia he pulls olivia further away from hope yeah so that hope does not hear yes um hope is next to the fire Warm in the fingies. Warm in the fingies and the soul. Cavendish takes an old uh, metal teapot from a cabinet and he fills it with water and he places it uh, on the fire and he squats down, smoking by it. Pour some lavender into that, maybe. You can make a tea out of it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Actually, I have some chamomile. Ooh, that could be good. Maybe we'll do that scene when he gets back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Olivia, um, this might be nothing because we, we don't have any proof. Did you hear the chains? Yes. Hey, bruh. Hey, bruh. Is that it? Yes, I heard Put the chains. Put them spookums. Contemplating just... Yeah, I'm on the road. If we still have the lights off, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still Olivia, did you hear the chains? Yes. Okay, so could have been nothing. If that's what we're here to hunt, my bet is on the poltergeist. A deeply disturbed one. You thought the same thing that I did? Yes. Okay. Hickory! Yeah. Uh, I've got some. You're boiling water, by the way. Yeah, I describe your boiling water and squatting near the fire, smoking, watching the, <laughs> the pot. Hickory, here, I, I've got some chamomile uh, tea leaves. Do you want to mix those into the water? Again, it's good for focusing the mind. Sure. How are you not burning your fingers? <laughs> I'm an Australian bushman, mate. I don't feel another, another joke I don't have fingers. <laughs> another joke Haven't that didn't work Watson on radio. Matilda? <laughs> okay. Burning uh, my fingers <laughs> off my hands. Okay. So, Ward, you have gone back to grinding more salt. Yep. When suddenly, 
a door from outside bangs open. The one at the right-hand side of the end of that corridor leads into a little, like, exit area. And wind howls in and moves some of the salt in that first doorway. Slightly. Alright, I'm going to roll to see if Olivia notices. You all would have heard the sound. Mm, whether they notice the salt moving is a different matter. Looks like we've got ourselves a cheeky one on our hands. It's an 11. 11, you do notice it, and you notice as the wind continues, the salt grains under the second door shimmer a little. He's using the wind to move the salt lines. Right, well, um... And Cavendish, you notice a gust of wind come howling down the chimney. Oh, no. No! You blow and blow and blow and slowly reignite the fire a little. So, should should one of us go out and maybe close the door so that... Out? Yeah, go out and, and close the door so the salt stays there. Well, if uh, anyone should do it, it'd probably be me, but uh, we could just lock the bottom of the doors and cover up the salt. But then we're not getting the job done says Vesper, who's now sitting on one of the main tables. Job needs doing. We're we can stay in right. here all night. Job needs doing. All That's what we're getting paid for. Right. That reminds me. Silver. Silver. Yes. We're in a kitchen. Right. Silverware. Silverware. Oh, I'm on it, and I'm on okay. it. Yeah, right. Okay, um, so right, everyone everyone's roll. looking for silverware. Cavendish, you're probably still keeping the fire going, yes. but you can still search. Yeah. Around can I area. look for something to... Would blocking the fireplace Didn't smoke you out? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. To say your numbers. Seven, seven, seven. six, nine. Seven, we seven, didn't six, want wow, to interrupt this conversation. So, okay, um, with all that, Ebony's was a nine? Yep. Okay. Uh, you're throwing open uh, cabinets, you're throwing open shelves, you're searching around, you're finding very nice pottery, all that type of stuff, but you're thinking, as you're searching around, and Ebony's, you come to the conclusion, why would they store it here? This is a cooking area they would have a plating area they would have like cabinets for that sideboard or something that's not going to be in here all right so probably dining room like a sideboard or something like that this is a traditional kitchen so they usually plate things up separately Ebenezer any idea where the dining room would be in relation to the kitchen it's got to be adjoining so probably one of the other two doors that we didn't see okay we I could poke my head in the other two doors if we think that's a safe option. I don't think it's safe, but I think it's the only option right, um, we have. Yeah, let's do it. I um, think so. Maybe if we have some rope, we can tie it around me or something. Ebenezer Classic. takes uh, one log from the fire that's just burning on one end, um, and I'm going to just add some lavender to the end of it so that it, like, like blow it out and then add some lavender to it so it's like lavender smoke. And I give that to um, Ward. Okay, there you go. Take that with you. All right. Well, uh, he puts down the he can't, he's exchanged like the salt that he's I'll take the salt. You've got about it. another teaspoon, mm-hmm. tablespoon. Someone left. keep grinding at that. I'll keep grinding. I'm just going to stand with my back and cloak to the fireplace so that the wind doesn't blow the fire away. Clever. For now. For now. <laughs> you give me something to do. Cool. Okay. So you get really toasty. Right. Which door are you going to? Uh. So. Describe to me oh, the other right. two the doors. Place, so there's one uh, which leads. Uh, there are basically two. <laughs> so we're in the kitchen. Yeah. So you're in the kitchen. Yeah. Then there are two doors 
There's basically uh, the door, the side that you came into, which is the right-hand wall, and then there is a wall at the front of this room. Uh, the is basically heading north. Yep. And there are two doors there. Yeah, and they both seem like there's no indication for what. They Not just... really, but you can generally assume the door on the left-hand side doesn't have a door into it from the hallway. So it's an internal door. Yes, what does that mean? That's going to be a storage room, some kind of laundry, something like that. Or a larder. Yeah. Ah, a larder? Salt. Ah. Let's check the larder. All right. Um, Well, generally, uh, I think just in general, choosing left is always kind of the natural way you you lean towards when you're trying to find the right way to go. So he's going to... Was it the left one that was the... The the larder. Yeah. Yeah. So I reckon, yeah, he pushes the door open um, and takes, like, you know, puts, uh, not his head in. doesn't matter what he puts in. I would put the the lavender stick thingy thing in. He he goes in. um, The the two ravens are tucked in his coat, looking in, um, kind of being his eyes for him as he tries to illuminate the room that he's stepping into to see what it is and see what he can see. You step in and it is a small larder room. The shelves are mostly bare. There is a few canned goods, canned beans, canned corn, that type of stuff. Uh, You look around, there's a few bags of flour and you see a small bag of rock salt. Brilliant. I'd say it's about uh, a kilo's worth when full. There's probably about half a kilo here. Mm. All right. Um, He's going to go... Uh, appears to be some sort of storage room. I can see uh, what looks to be a bag of uh, more salt. Uh, maybe if someone can hold this for me, I can try and grab it. And uh, if we can go for there, go from there. Olivia will hold the stick. Okay, you take the stick. All right. And, you... uh, and he first gets the crows to stay. Like He's like, Hugin, Moonin, uh, you, you stay behind the barrier. And he gets them to hop out and they kind of just sit there watching as well as he goes in and he goes to grab the, the salt. Yep. You grab the salt and you bring it into the main room. And you bring it in and you put it on one of the tables uh, and you open it up and it is rock salt. So you're going to need to crack it or water or pestle or something like that. Is there a way that we can more roughly grind this? If we more roughly grind this, less of a chance of it blowing away in the wind, mm-hmm. right? There'd be a one in the kitchen. Yes, if we, uh, yes, I, th- I think if it's coarser grounds, if it's rougher, it won't blow as much, and if we can get it thicker, it won't blow as much. Right. Syrup. Why, why don't we find a, a mortar and pestle? And we can use that, and then we can control how much we want to crush it, rather than just grinding it. Right. It'll be quicker too. And then from I'm there, we. Pop out for a second. And then from there, I guess we have to uh, fight this thing. Mm. Um. That was all that was in the room was the rock salt. There was flour, cans of food, mm, type cool. of thing. So, um, yeah. no silverware though. No, there was not. No. Um, and then we'll molasses. Uh, from there, I guess I'll check the next door after that. She wants to put the salt in the molasses. So oh. that it's nice and thick. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Uh, you throw open this door and once again stick oh. your head in. We'll, we'll. I, I mean, we'll thicken up the the barrier. And okay. then we can check sure. the next you, one. You pick it up, throw it open, and you are correct. This is a dining room here. 
uh, you see quite close by a cabinet and your eyes kind of light up and you make your way over to it with the, the lavender stick yes. and you throw it open and they are empty. Yeah. Silver would be the first thing they would remove when moving. It's the most valuable yes, stuff. That's no silver. Uh, sorry, I just had a thought. Um, if we know that that door only leads to a pantry, do we need to block it? No. So why don't we move all the salt to the other two doors? Let's do that. Well, we've got more than enough salt to... Or is that... It could be an emergency in case that uh, breaks into here. There's a backup to jump into, maybe. Okay, no, that's that's true. That's a good point. We've got plenty of salt let's, now. All right, let's leave it. Uh, you come back into the kitchen and Vesper is checking at the clock. There's a grandfather clock just in the um, the dining room and he's peering through the door to watch it. The night is moving on. The more we delay, the more I'm concerned that our opportunities to search for clues and information will wither away and we'll be just into its hunting time. We need to start making gains in information to find out what exactly we need to free this thing from. Otherwise, we're just going to be dealing with it hunting for the rest of the night. Let's find some tablecloths, rip them up, make some torches Mm. by the fire, put some lavender in them. We will need to repay them for the torn cloths. That's That's all right. The joy of a sponsor. We can do that. Yes. Mm. All right. Get ripping, everyone. Get um, <laughs> <laughs> to quickly clarify, the, <laughs> the little metal claws that the ravens have. Not that one. Okay, uh-huh. cover your eyes. Okay. The little metal claws that the no, ravens have, that is that oh, silver? God. Now that I'm happy with. Keep them covered. Yeah. I thought that, sorry, no, it's okay, fine. Good. I thought there was a fire one, which I thought would work great if you mm. had torches. Oh, yeah. Um, <sighs> but no. The little claws that the ravens have, are those made from silver? Yes. Cool. Oh, Tia oh, oh, thought ahead. <clears throat> Um, and how much preparation yeah. do you think we would have then for stuff we've already brought with us? How much preparation? Yes, for weapons. We just have our weapons. All that you've already have. What is the cutlass made out of? Steel. Steel. Because okay. is it then, like, would we, like, potentially, if we've prepared, have a silver weapon on us? You didn't say. Got him! Fair. <laughs> It's too late now to start adding silver weapons. <laughs> got him. Yeah. Next well, hunt. I think we've got lavender. Because I, I had an idea that I yeah. didn't say, because I'm like, this will be a cool reveal later. Yeah. But now it's just going to sound I told you like the, I told you in the sponsor scene that it was a haunting. So that was your yeah. time to have... Mm. Prepped. Prepped. So, got him. All right. Okay, so you're making torches. Oh, yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah. That sounds nice. My idea was to have like a screw top cane with like, I could then like attach things onto it. Yeah, like Heath's batons. Um, yeah, so he would have like a silver tip. So it just turns it into a yeah. spear. But now it's just a cane. It's just a yeah. cane. It didn't will specify. Evolve. But it will evolve. Yep. Yeah. Um, you take logs from the fireplace and you split them into smaller ones. You split apart some tablecloths and you bound them up. Ebenezer sprinkles some lavender and a few layers of them to give the smoke some uh, level of power and you ignite them in the fire. And you gather by the first door that you entered through, once again standing on the threshold. Reality behind. Madness before. Now, before we go in, Ebenezer, you were saying something about ginger helping snap people out of a fit? Yes, well, any strong smell or flavor is going to help 
recall your mind to the present, but Ginger particularly has a, a, a combatant against supernatural attention-grabbing, uh, mind-altering abilities. So I recommend we all smear someone out under our noses or chew a little bit as we go in because it'll help keep your mind present and, and not Olivia get... Olivia is already nibbling uh, at the gin. Then, yeah. uh, this piece that you gave me... Yes. Uh, I can chop it up into small pieces and uh, maybe we have a code word. If someone is feeling something wrong, I can shove this in their face. Ginger. Ginger. Just ginger. Right. Ginger. Brilliant. Ginger it is. This was like... How about the better idea? He takes the ginger off you, and he takes one of Amelia's uh, water bottles, and he crushes it, it in his, uh, crushes his hand, and puts it Even into better. the water bottle, crushes up, and he squeezes it, and it spurts out. Okay, brilliant. Just spray. It. Um, this they he might sprays his uh, two ravens. Spray them in the face with like a jet of of gingery water, and like. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That's just what I was about to say. Brilliant. Um. Uh, me, me first, if I may. Oh, no, um, I'm holding up a spray bottle. Oh, okay, cool. I shouldn't do that. That's confusing. <laughs> um, in the time that I left the room, could Hope get a little bit of oil on at least one round of bullets? Sure. You get some... Nice. Was there any left over after... Yeah, there was like an eighth of the jar but then left. Hickory, you put that on hickories. So, well, some of it went on hickories, but some I don't know probably be some, like you could I'm gonna say, some yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to say you can... You Put a few bullets into it and shake them around yeah. in there. Yeah, like that. You're not so sure how much they're covered with it. I, I've written yeah. one round, so that's six bullets. One cylinder. Yeah. One cylinder. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what I meant and what okay. I said, sure. but I'm glad yeah, you guys I'll know do, what I'll I meant. One cylinder, six rounds. Sure. A cylinder is a round shape. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. You stand at the brink. Who is going to lead out? I reckon I'll take the rear so I can keep an eye on everyone. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Cavendish, you put the cigarette in your mouth. Yeah. You heft up uh, the like lightly flaming torch, blade in one hand, that in the other, and you step up towards the salt line. You look back at everyone and give us some so- something, a little slogan before you head off into madness. Say it nice and close into your microphone, please, oh, so God. that I don't I miss it. I am the shadows. I want to get all of those words. Cheeky buddy boy. Not gonna lie to you guys, this is a uh, pretty pretty spooky. Um, but just like uh, my father used to tell me, and I used to tell my yeah, never mind. Um, there's always a good bit of tucker on the way out. Pie in the sky when you die. You know what I mean. No. And he uh, steps over the salt line and heads off. His, his heroic words line being, said, When you die. <laughs> and he walks up. Yeah. He's just the Randy of this group. I yes. love it so very okay. much. Uh, you guys find yourselves out and slowly, slowly as you get further away from the light. Right. The light of the fire is gone. Uh, if you have a light, uh, a torch. Uh, Don't I'm gonna we say you were able to, I'm going to say you were able to make three of them, three yep. or four of them. You are allowed to have your phone on, but just the screen of it, not the light of it. There you go. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, That's one, two, three. Uh, I, I, I would probably have mine to Hope. Yeah, I, I reckon think. it's... Because Hope can then do the thingy thing where you have the gun on one hand and the 
flashlight the under burning other. the torch on the oh, other. Oh right, burning yeah, tor- torches. Torch, torch, oh, torch, not. sorry. Wait, is Vespa out and about? Uh, Vespa's kind of I'm coming. Although we do have a battery uh, torch. Okay, because Liv might Ward not have, have a torch one. if he's leading the rear. Yeah, Ward would have a torch. Okay, so let's say there's four. So Ward right. has one. Okay. Um, Vespa is kind of out about. He's just trying to stay not out all the time because he's not sure what influence another spirit is going to have on him on uh, this cre- like creature, whether it's going to enrage it or something. So he's only coming out when he has to. Okay. Uh, well, then she does have a light, probably. I'm guessing. Okay. Cool. Alrighty. What are you going to do? Sound like it came from the uh, the main entrance area. I reckoned. Well, uh, so our job is to not go for it, but to look for what is keeping it. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Vesper said before that if it is some kind of this weird spirit thing or whatever, it's probably bound to an item or a place or an idea or something. So we should try and figure out what that thing is and I don't know then if we have to remove it if we have to break it I don't know how that works but you emerge out into the hallway from before what are you going to do where are you going to go Hickory's leading us yes Great. Olivia's reaching out in her mind to like feel if Vesper is like in the front of her mind or where he's sitting it's kind of a, that front area where you typically would feel a headache. Yeah. It's kind of a presence there. Alright. Alright, Vespa, uh, sorry, uh, Cavendish, where are you going? He's going to step out and I assume we're sort of near where the stairs were. So you need to go through that first door to right. get to where the stairs yeah. are. So going to slowly make his way, uh, creaky, creeping ever so quietly towards yeah. the door. You emerge out into the entrance hall before, and it comes again. The drag, crash, drag, crash. The groans of steel, and the moans of a man echo through the house from high, high above. With a seven arcana roll, can I discern anything about the sound? You hear a deep, deep wailing, almost like the crash and sound of a, a whale. Mm-hmm. It comes and it goes, it wanes, but you can tell that it is coming from the top story. That seems to be where it is for now. It hasn't turned to full hunting yet. It hasn't started to prey on the rest of the house. So this is your opportunity to kind of explore down here with relative ease. Yeah, it's not close yet. Uh, I I rolled a nat 12 for an arcana check on just... uh, I guess I'm I'm trying to look for connections that this I'll give you a connection. That this ghost might have to this house. You feel, as the crashing sound happens, vibration. Which proves this is a poltergeist. Okay. What is it? Ward? What is it? Yeah, Ward, uh, you see Ward just stops at the end of the group. Uh, very suddenly, with a, like, 
foot hard on the floor as like just a an uncanny stillness comes over him. What? What? What are you okay? I don't mean to alarm you, my friends. Mm-hmm. Any information is good information. It's all right. But I just felt a connection to the said poltergeist. Okay. The most uh, physically dangerous, it appears, of the two options. So, okay, so we're dealing with a poltergeist. That's good. Don't engage. Don't initiate combat. If it initiates combat, we fight. If not, we just try and find answers. Right. Head down. Hold on. Ward, you said you connected with something. Didn't we... Maybe, I I don't know if this is worth me saying, but didn't we establish that you shouldn't be able to? It was the sound it made that I felt. Ah. Okay. Or... Maybe because it's a poltergeist. Maybe if it's a very powerful poltergeist, even its whales can have physical impacts that even a radar could pick up. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so what makes one of these things more powerful than, like, how... It's woe. Right. We need to find the source of its woe. Maybe right. it's an urn, some ashes. That's a good idea. If it's woe, maybe it's um, like a mother's child. Well, let's let's well no let's let's look at the facts here. The woman selling the house said it was her husband's. Husband. Husband died. Her husband. Yeah. Which but means, what's the typical connection with that? We look in a, a study. We try and learn about who this person is. Right, all right. We try and find some type of information, at least a name. Because if it has a name, then we can at least communicate with it. If you don't say its name, you cannot communicate with it. Names have power. Names. We need to learn about whatever this is. A study would be upstairs. That's taking it too close to where he is. But we haven't checked the right-hand side of the house. Often there can be a personal study, and then there can be a drawing room of sorts. How how long ago did she say her husband died? It wasn't that long ago, was it? Well, the house is in a layer of unkeptness, but she, he might have died months before she left the house. That's true. Right. I'm just but thinking... If this house would be his love of some kind... And he... I don't... I don't know if this is a connection, but she doesn't seem bothered. Whatever this thing is, is not haunting her. That's a really good point. Or... But or, I'm not sure if poltergeists haunt people. That seems more in kind with a with a wraith or just a typical spirit. Mm. The level of like you're you're hearing these chains. The level of woe. But here. she isn't hearing them. That's a good point. So either if it's choosing not to haunt her, and if it is her husband, that makes sense. It might not want to scare her, mm. possibly. Or maybe she knows that it's her husband, or, and it's not that she doesn't hear it, but she knows what it is, and that's why she's not scared. Or it's just trying to stop the builders okay so why would it is that because it loves the house is that maybe we should keep going yes Yes. agreed okay are you guys taking the right hand side hickory where are we off 
Ikari comes back through the door. Sorry, you guys back. took so long. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ikari. <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, Ikari is bringing my blood level <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. What did you find now that you've searched the entire house on your own? <laughs> uh, couldn't really see. I walked in, you guys were chatting, and then I waved the torch around. Couldn't see anything because it was dark. Walked back out. All right. All right, well, onwards then. Yeah, onwards then. Okay. okay, you guys uh, take the right-hand door following after Hickory's footsteps, uh, and you take the first door on your right. You fling it open, and you find a lounge room of sorts. There are large uh, Chesterfield lounges here with tables around them, and every wall has one of those kind of built-in bookcases with those big... Uh, um, ladders that scroll across it mm. and you see near a large window quite a large desk as well perfect right let's search the desk he's doing that uh, I Not reckon me. probably I don't have a torch so great uh, well, Hickory's at the front, so <laughs> you can shine the Thanks, door. Thanks, Megan, for having an image of a called, fire. Well, Hickory's in the front, <laughs> so... I have fire. Um, I'm going to roll to keep a watch and a listen out for anything. Sure. Um, that's, a, that's just a straight nine. Is that, that a good noise or a bad noise, Micah? What a natural 12. Oh, nice. Oh. Micah, what are you doing? Let's hear it. Uh, Hickory walks up to the table um, and with the deftest fingers of someone who seems to have done this before, slowly like uh, vibrates the drawers I assume there's drawers on this? Yeah. So Back Hickory, and forth to Yeah, to describe you you pull these open and you're pulling them open, you're feeling the kind of weight of them you're pulling it open, there's a few things in this one there's some pens in this, there's some notebooks in this, you pull this one out and you can immediately tell from the weight of it and the amount of like depth in it this one has a false bottom and all of you kind of cluster around the table to see what Hickory's doing as he pulls out a bunch of notebooks and pulls out the false bottom of this desk Ward you are over near the the door and you're you're looking out Uh, Hickory you pulls open and you see a piece of parchment Olivia rolled an eight, so I don't know if that counts. You're, you're like right next to him. His, yeah. yeah, you're looking at um, So you take up this piece of paper and you're about to, to read it when. Ward, you feel a breeze kind of ruffle over you, and you're kind of looking around. It's like the front door's closed, and that can kind of be. I can see it too. We're doing something. Sorry. That's kind of the only place that breeze could be coming from, is the front door. When suddenly the breeze comes hard and the bookcases explode out. Every single book is torn from the bookcases and erupts into shards of paper and the entire desk almost explodes out. Papers going everywhere, pens going everywhere, ink splattering, the desk crumpling in as paper swirls around you and dies. Was, it, was that me? No, um, can, I, can we see that paper, please? What is it? Cavendish, do you want to read it for us? Sure. I'll, if I may, just real quick. Uh, how close is Ward to the front door? Uh, so you have to go through one door, then the entrance area, then that door. 
It's like a it's a ways to go on your own. Cool. All right. December 12th, 2002. Everyone clusters around to hear him read. The will and all relevant uh, documents charged once, sorry, changed once again. I find myself chained to a course of events I no longer want any part in. Uh, um, as my body fails me, I find my will over... No! Come back. Uh, I just take another puff of my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> you can just turn your phone light on. Yeah, too. might do that. Okay. Uh, as my body fails me, I find my will overpowered at um, at every turn. My greatest fear is I will die a shell as uh, as a man with all that I desire covered up and replaced. I have spoken to Francis and he will draw up the relevant final papers. I will have my way. George Sampson. Uh, what was the date on that one again? 2002. Des- yeah, December oh. 12th. So that was last year. For me, what year is this taking place in? 2003. Cool. Mm. So that was last year. Ooh, I like the weight of this paper. I know, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty snazzy. Do you want to... George Sampson. The words kind of echo out from your lips. And that breeze comes once again. And you feel yourself pulled like a deep part of your chest onwards and forwards. Do you follow it? Uh, I might roll for that because mm-hmm. Ward's dumb enough to do so. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. He does oh, not? Okay. He does not. He, he goes a split second uh, a foot stumbles forward and he catches himself. Uh, he's still getting used to these new legs and appendages that he he's never had before. So uh, that kind of that thought uh, of his new body kind of catches him. He sees himself now as a new being, a new entity. Um, maybe the old him would have, but this him doesn't. Okay. Was that name Francis drawing up the will? Mm-hmm. All right. What are you all going to do? So everyone do- remember George Sampson. Right, mm-hmm. George Sampson. Maybe don't yell it out. We don't want to call him. Maybe don't. Yes, yeah, don't I just it said times. the name and I felt a bit funny. Okay. Right. So are we looking for the will? Is that perhaps is that what that was? I, f- oh. I feel like Francis might have done him over, though, if this is where he's ended up. Okay, so we're assuming, for the sake of argument, that the person, George on that piece of parchment you just found is the person we're hunting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think wrong, it might be the old woman's husband. Her. Might be her husband. Looks like he said something about his greatest fear was dying without completing something, without having his way with the will. Yes. Right. So maybe we can work on that. Maybe we can play off the fact that, that um, I don't know, that we've recognized it, that he's not powerless, that he, he can achieve something. Hickory, is that you? No. You hear the echoing sounds. The shh, ching. 
Ching. Of chains being dragged downstairs. <laughs> Ching. Ching. And the soft grinding sound of chains being dragged across marble. Everyone back to the kitchen right now. Yep, yep. Go, go, go. Uh, yeah, Ward will step through the door first. Yep. I guess, if we're all heading back to the kitchen. Yep. You guys head out through that front door, Ward at the front, and you burst out of that right-hand door, and you come out into the main entrance area, and you are all stopped dead in your tracks as a wave of cold hits you. A blinding light. As you are frozen in the middle of this entranceway and you see a pale, cyan, glowing figure halfway down the stairs. Chains hanging from his hands, from his neck, from his feet. Chains bound to different parts of the room, the walls. He is standing before you all.